Thank you for joining me for our first Wednesday in Advent service. Our order of services in our bulletins. We're going to begin with hymn number 62, Joy to the World. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let all their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders wonders of his love the grace of our lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Like the shepherds, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our scripture reading tonight is from Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 38. This is the announcements of the births of John the Baptist and Jesus. We're going to be looking at the announcement of the birth of Jesus as the basis of our meditation tonight, the last two paragraphs of this reading. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron, both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. 
but they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When the time of his service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. And now we continue with the announcement of the birth of Jesus in the last two paragraphs of this reading. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and, and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? How can this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. 
even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. We'll continue with the next hymn, hymn number 36, A Great and Mighty Wonder. A great and mighty wonder, a glorious mystery. A virgin bears the infant who fails his deity. Repeat the hymn again. To God on high be glory and peace on earth to man. The Word becomes incarnate and yet remains on high. And cherubim sing anthems to shepherds from the sky, repeat the hymn again. To God on high be glory and peace on earth to man. While thus they sing their monarch and bright, those bright angelic bands, rejoice, O vales and mountains, and oceans clap your hands. Repeat the hymn again. To God on high be glory and peace on earth to man. Since all he comes to ransom, by all be he adored. The infant born in Bethlehem, the Savior and the Lord. Repeat the hymn again. To God on high be glory and peace on earth to men. All idols then shall perish and Satan's lying cease. And Christ shall raise his scepter, decreeing endless peace. Repeat the hymn again. To God on high be glory and peace on earth to man. The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The word of God we want to consider tonight is the end of our gospel reading that I just shared with you, the account of the announcement of the birth of the Savior from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Share with you just that question that Mary asked. What, how can this be? How can this be? Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow recipients of God's grace in Jesus Christ, there was a pastor who was busy working in his office when a member of his church came because he had read a portion of scripture and it troubled him and he just couldn't understand it. 
And so he asked the pastor if, if he could ask a question about that. The pastor said, well, well, what is your difficulty? And the man responded, my difficulty is in Romans 9, where God said, Jacob I love, but Esau I hated. And remember the story there, Jacob and Esau were the fraternal twins of Isaac and Rebekah. Esau, he rejected God. Jacob, by the grace of God, he believed in God. Well, the pastor said to the member, yes, there is great difficulty in understanding that verse, but which part of the verse is difficult for you? man thought, and he said, well, the last part, of course. He said, I cannot understand why God should hate Esau. To that, the minister responded, my difficulty has always been with the first part of the verse. I could never understand how God could love that wily, deceitful, scoundrel, Jacob. You remember some of the things that Jacob did, but... Well, Jacob, he was a sinner just like Esau was. So what is amazing, really, when you look at that verse, is the fact that God would love either of them at all. The only reason why God loved Jacob is because God is gracious. For that matter, the only reason why God loves anyone is because God is gracious. Before God called us to faith, before God called anyone to faith, he, the person is always an enemy of God. There's nothing that he can do to please God. Because of a sinful nature, all we want to do is sin and disobey God. We can't do what pleases God before we're called to faith. But, but in his grace, what God did is he sent his son to be our savior. And in his grace, he sends the Holy Spirit to call us to faith, to make us believing children of God, and then also to, to keep us in the faith. He made us his children, not because of anything in us, but because of his grace and mercy and love. Our reading, the angelic announcement to Mary about the birth of the Savior, about the virgin birth, that announcement gets us to ask the question that Mary asks here, how can this be? How can this be that, that Mary, a virgin, would be pregnant with Jesus? And how can this be that Mary would be blessed to carry in her womb the true Son of God, the true Son of Man, who would be our savior from sin and our way to eternal life. How can this be? That Mary would be the mother of the savior, that Jesus would come to be our savior. The answer, how can this be? Grace, grace, just so simple, grace. In his grace, God chose Mary to be Jesus' mother. In his grace, God fulfilled his promise to send a savior. And in his grace, God led Mary to believe in God's promise. And he leads us to believe in that, that promise as, as well. As our reading tells us, six months had passed since 
the angel Gabriel had gone to Zechariah to tell Zechariah that he and his wife Elizabeth, that they in their old age would end up having a son who would be John the Baptist. And this John the Baptist had the job of preparing the way for the Lord. And now Gabriel comes to Mary. To Mary with this message. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Did Gabriel come to Mary because Mary was someone who was so special? Was she better than other people? Well, there are those who think of her as being better than other people, but that's not the case. Mary didn't think of herself as being better than others. She knew that she was a sinner, no less than anyone else. And, well, no, she wasn't better than others. She was a sinner just like us. And in reacting to Gabriel's message that day, we hear her song of praise, words of praise, the Magnificat. And in that, in that song of praise, she said, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Jesus came to be her Savior as well as ours. All her righteous acts, just like all our righteous acts, are still like filthy rags. But she was highly favored. She was the one to whom the she was the one to whom the Lord had been and would continue to be gracious. And now what made Mary special was not Mary. What made special Mary special is the fact that God is gracious and merciful and loving. That God was gracious and merciful and loving to her. That's why she was highly favored, because of God. See, and that's grace again. It's not that she had earned or deserved it. It's grace. But Mary was troubled by the angel's presence that day. She wondered what exactly he was talking about. Well, she knew that she was a sinner and she knew that this was a messenger from God in her presence. And that made her nervous and, and even fearful. She probably wondered if the angel had been sent by God to punish her for her sins. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. That's grace. That's grace. The angel was telling her not only don't be afraid, but know that what God is going to do is keep on giving you more of his grace. There was a little girl and her mother who were reading a Bible together and and they came to the verse, John 3, 16, you know it all, you all know it well. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. After reading that verse, the mother kind of paused for a moment and then the mother asked her daughter, don't you think that's wonderful? The child looking surprised at the question, replied in the negative. The mother was kind of taken back by that and, 
and she thought maybe, maybe the little girl didn't recognize what she was saying. So she asked the question again and again. The little girl said, no, it's not wonderful. And then she went on to explain. Why no, Mom, it would be wonderful if it were anybody else. But it's just like God. See, now that's grace. That's grace. It's still wonderful to say that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, of course. But this girl was absolutely right when she said it's God's nature to be gracious and merciful, loving, even though Mary didn't deserve it, even though you and I don't deserve it. And how blessed you and I are because that is God's nature. Grace, gracious and loving. Gabriel said to Mary, you will be with child and will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. The birth of any child is a gift from the Lord. And well, we can say that so many in the world don't seem to recognize that as being as being true anymore, but really the gift of a child is precious. It's a wonderful gift from God. But the birth of this child, the Lord Jesus, that would be especially noteworthy. The child would be conceived in the womb of a virgin. Now that doesn't happen. But that fulfilled the prophecy in Isaiah, which said, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. This child was called Jesus, which means the Lord is salvation or our savior. And actually that name was a fairly common name back in Bible times. But when we think of that name, Maybe people were named that because they were thinking about the promises of God, but, but Jesus is the only one who was able to fulfill the promises of God and truly be Jesus and truly be Emmanuel, God with us. The angel said, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. When God established King David on the throne in Israel, it really was his desire that David and his descendants would be faithful to God and that that dynasty would continue on forever. However, we know that because of sin and rebellion against God, that didn't happen. David's dynasty ended up lasting, oh, a little over 400 years before it toppled and fell. But in Jesus, what God would do is he would establish David's dynasty, not over an earthly kingdom, but over a spiritual kingdom and a spiritual kingdom that begins in this life when we're called to faith and the Holy Spirit, Jesus, is ruling in our hearts uh, and it continues on for all eternity. But 
now think about how that kingdom was established. When kingdoms are established in this world, most often there's a leader who gathers together an army and they, they conquer their enemies. But Jesus didn't gather an army to fight against Satan, sin, death, and hell. Rather, what he did is he single-handedly took on the forces of sin at the cross and won a victory that is forever. That is forever. Satan will never be able to challenge our Savior ever again. And now what a special Savior King we have. There was a traveler to China who talks about how he was shocked because one night he woke up from his sleep and saw in the moonlight this row of Chinese idol gods. Their faces all were terrifying and, and hideous. One can look at any heathen religion and the gods are all basically the same, subject to human passion, cruel and often frightening. There most certainly isn't a heathen god who is merciful and gracious. There are heathen gods who are called gods of mercy and pity, but not one of them sacrificed himself for anyone else. Well, all of those heathen gods are fig figments of people's imagination, so they couldn't do anything anyway. But the God of the Bible, and only the God of the Bible, is a God truly of grace and love. In his grace, God fulfilled his promise to send a Savior, and in his grace, he sends the Holy Spirit to us to call us to faith and make us believing children of God. If our God weren't gracious, then what would have been the case is after the fall into sin, what God would have done is said enough, and that would have been the end. He could have turned his back on us and said we weren't worthy of any more of his time. But our God is gracious, and he doesn't ever want to turn his back on us. Problem is, is that sometimes we turn our backs on him. But he doesn't want to, and he's never going to turn his back on us. He always wants to give us his grace and love. And what a tragedy it is that so many would end up rejecting his grace and love by choosing to live contrary to God's will, by not believing in his grace and love, or trusting in their own abilities to get themselves into heaven. But even though he's rejected like he often is by so many, God still remains a God who, as the Apostles Paul says, wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. He still wants to give us his grace and love. When, when Mary heard the angel's announcement, she did have her questions, but she didn't have her doubts. She didn't doubt. She asked, how will this be since I am a virgin? How can this be? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called 
the Son of God. Mary's child would have no human father. The Holy Spirit, by supernatural means, had Jesus conceived within the womb of Mary. And what that, of course, meant is that, well, you and I, we all have human parents. And because of our human parents, our sinful human parents, we all were conceived and born in sin. The Son of God, Jesus, the Son of Man, different story because, well, he had Mary as his mother, but in this miraculous way, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And because of that, he wasn't conceived and born in sin as you and I were, as all people are. As the sinless Son of God, what he was able to do is he was able to live and die for us, pay for all of our sins. He could live a perfect life. He could die on the cross and then with his shed blood pay for our sins and with his perfect life give us the holiness that we need to stand before God on the last day worthy of eternal life in heaven. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he has done. Again, because of grace. How can this be? Because of grace. The angel reminded Mary, nothing is impossible with God. What Mary had been told just seemed absolutely impossible. But in his grace, God led Mary to believe that you know, she could have a virgin birth and that, yes, she could carry the Son of God, the God-man, the Savior of the world in her womb. She believed that and, well, in his grace, what God does is he leads you and me also to believe that we have a Savior in Jesus. And in his grace, God leads us to respond to those promises of God, of, of the Savior and of eternal life by joining Mary in saying, I am the Lord's servant, may it be to me as you have said. Since God deals with us in his grace, instead of on the basis of what we deserve and what we would deserve again would be eternal punishment, but he deals with us in his grace because he does that, surely he's a God we're going to want to serve now and forever. We'll want to strive to follow his will. And especially serve the spread of his kingdom, the serve the spread of the message of his grace and love. The Apostle Paul said, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why did God choose Mary to be Jesus' mother? Grace. Why did God fulfill his promise to send a savior? Grace. And why did God lead Mary and you and me to believe in those wonderful promises of God? Again, it's grace. It's not that we've earned or deserved it. It's just because of God's love, because of his grace. How can this be? 
How can this great message be true? Grace. Let's never forget how blessed we are because our God doesn't treat us as we deserve because of our sins. If he did, we'd be in trouble. But he treats us in accordance with his grace and mercy and love. How can this be? How can great God do such great and amazing things? Grace. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the second article and its meaning. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. He has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood, and with his innocent suffering and death. All this he did that I should be his own, and live under him in his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from death and lives and rules eternally. This is most certainly true. Let's pray. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we confess to you our sinfulness and ask you to help us to be better prepared to celebrate your sons coming into the world to be our Savior. We pray this through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Again, I thank you for joining me for worship. We have two more Wednesday Advent services. Next week, Pastor Kurt Uhlenbrauch will be here for the service. We'll have our potluck soup supper ahead of time. I'll be there with you for the first part of that meal before I have to head off, head off to Grass Lake where I'll be preaching next week. The last service, I'll be here again uh, in just a little rotation or have Pastor Ullenbrock and myself re sw switching pulpits on that second Wednesday.
But again, thank you for joining me for worship tonight. The Lord bless and keep you always.